Welcome, everyone, to Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that has spent the last eight months searching the galaxy for a race of enemy sorcerers. It's from the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello. Robin. Hello. And Lorelai. Hello. And oh boy, have we been gone a while. And oh boy, is everything different. We're in different places. We're in different studios, one of which is an actual studio. The other is a closet. Uh, And as I said, we're Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. If you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out. Hey, it's been a while, you know, we'd like to hear from everybody and we know everyone would like to hear from us. So if you'd like to get in touch, reach out. We're on Twitter, at Krypton Alderaan, and we're on Gmail also, (laughs) at kryptonalderaan at gmail.com. Anyway, we've been gone for a while, but now we're back. And also- With a vengeance. (laughs) It's the return of the podcast, the rise- of the, we used that one already. Never mind. Anyway, we're back, and so is The Mandalorian. So Woo! on this episode, we're going to be talking about the first two episodes of season two. The Marshal, written and directed by John Favreau, Favreau, and The Passenger, written by Peyton Reed. No, written by John Favreau and directed by Peyton Reed. Do you guys know who Peyton Reed is? Nope. He's made some movies. He's made some bad movies but he also made he also directed i should say uh ant-man and ant-man and the wasp but he's also directed bring it on and a bunch of other so a really excellent movie is what you meant to say yeah i think that's the the average one yeah (laughs) anyway uh We'll get into a little bit more about that because there's some like Peyton Reed Easter eggs in the episode. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're going to be talking about those two episodes, chapters 10 and 11. But before we get into all of that, as I've said, we've been gone for a while. There's been a lot going on in the world. Let's talk about what we've been into for the past eight months in a new segment, a new fun segment I like to call covid Quarantine Content Corner. So I've asked everyone to pick three pieces of content or whatever that they've been into for the past eight months and talk about it. So who wants to go first? Let's go with Robin. I knew it. Uh, (laughs) Not so much content, but I got super into uh, Photoshop. I started learning Photoshop and graphic design. Um, so that was fun. And then I also got way super into crafting as a way to calm my nerves. (laughs) If your hands are busy, you can't really be worried about anything. You can't choke a bitch. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. (laughs) So I got super into crafting and macrame and crocheting, all sorts of fun things. Uh, Interesting. And then number three is houseplants. Because you can never have too many houseplants. I'm at five now. Wow. Five and counting. Yeah. And that was it. And gardening (laughs) in the summer. Gardening. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit more into this because, Robin, I have so many questions specifically for you. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I feel like the everything you just said makes me realize that 
we don't talk enough. We haven't talked enough during all of this. So I had no idea. Crafting, plants. I had an idea about the plants because of the t-shirts <laughs> she's making. But, yeah. Macrame. Um, do you have plants hanging in macrame right now? I do. House? Macrame that I made. Several. <laughs> Royce, I just want to, I'm just going to, as a quick aside, we're in two separate places and I'm We're in two different time audio. zones. We're in, yeah, like really big time zone differences, but also Lorelai's sitting on a, on a ball and I'm sitting in a chair <laughs> and we have to be really close to each other as we're sharing a microphone. So you're going to hear the, the ball squeaking up against the chair leg. So when you're editing later, that's what that noise is. It's not Joey farting. Yeah. It's you could take this. You could take all of this out. <clears throat> we were nope. supposed to do this so that Royce didn't have to edit. Oh. <laughs> it's Too okay. That. <clears throat> um, it's not a problem at all. Robin. Yes. Did you play more of... Jedi Fallen Order in the past eight months. I played a little bit. I still can't get into it. It's like, it's okay, but there are so many levels where you're like, cool, I'm right to the end and I'm about to save and then you die and you're like, great, I have to play three hours of content all over again. Thank you very much. Yeah. Here's the issue with Jedi Fallen Order in our household is Robin plays it first. We flip over to my save game and I get to play up to as far as Robin got. So we're doing the like when you're trying to binge watch a show with a significant other and you're like, don't watch ahead of where I am. And then you can reconvene together. So she gets frustrated, quits, and then I get into it. And I'm like, oh, I'm so into it. And then I I have to stop. So why don't you just play the same saved game? But when Robin gets frustrated, you take over. And then while she gets calm macrameing, then you then she starts. Right. That would make sense. Robin, why why aren't we playing the same save game? Because I'm greedy and I want to do it all on my own. <laughs> there you have it. I want there my own accomplishment. It. I thought it was good. I really just, man, the main character is really the drag for me. Well, I have enjoyed I have, it so far. We're like like 15 or 20% into the game, so like nowhere near. Yeah. Play more. Macrame less. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, let's go to Royce. All right. I had other questions for Robin, but I don't remember what they were. It's fine. <clears throat> I'm into all the same sort of things because before COVID, if that's what's like the impetus for this conversation, my life didn't BC, yeah. crazily change because I already do a lot of remote work. I'm already in my bunker studio day to day. So I don't, I don't, I already have the like non choking a bitch thing down. I'm already like <laughs> good to go in my bunker. Yeah, I was but- already in a bunker before the pandemic hit. Yeah, but you did stop going to work. Yeah, well, I'm in my bunker more. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I I enjoy it. Anyway, so I'm not taking up any new hobbies. I have too many to begin with. But I do have a few shows that I thoroughly enjoyed over the course of the last eight months. Joey is only letting us talk about three. So I thought we were on a time limit. He starts the timer at the beginning of every episode. And he's like, let's not go over this time limit. Time is money. Well, so anyway, <laughs> here's my top three COVID consumptions. Although I've listed a bunch, so I'm going to have to just pick three at random from here. Truth be told, number one, rewind back to the very beginning of quarantine. Tiger King. Come on. Wow. Come on. If you didn't watch Tiger King, were you really quarantining? I don't think so. We didn't watch it. Well, 
it's probably not really up your alley because it's like reality TV, gossipy BS. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in a very long time. It's it's a wild ride. It's like, but, a, like a car crash. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Once you start watching it, you can't stop watching it. I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed it because I love the like true crime, murder mystery kind of stuff. And it's sort yeah. of in that vein. And it's just really trashy overall that it's just... It's great. Tiger King. I highly recommend. And it was so popular that they filmed the bonus episode after the fact with... Joel uh, McHale. Who? Joel, Joel McHale. He hosts some other show that I would know, right? I don't the even know soup. his name. Yeah. That's it. The guy from The Soup. That's yeah. how everyone's going to know who he is. The guy from Community? Yeah, I sure, think that's no, what one, I knows, no yeah. one knows The Soup and everyone knows Community. Anyway, so... They filmed an extra episode where he like called everybody and FaceTimed like all the people from Tiger King. So it's just a, it's funny. Most though. of the people from Tiger King. Well, because one may or may not be in jail. Anyway, <laughs> Tiger King, I enjoyed. And then uh, FX, Dave came out. Oh, yeah. Are you guys familiar with Dave? I We didn't watch it, but I saw stuff about it. Yeah, so I guess, like, he's a real-life rapper, but the show is, like, his origin story, so to speak, of becoming, like, an internet viral personality-type person, and he's trying to make it in the music industry, and I can really identify with his story, because he's kind of just, like, way up in his head doing his art, and he's got a really supportive girlfriend, and, you know, I just can really relate, Uh so... Dave is hilarious. Uh, but the season was really short. It was only like six episodes or something. I thought it was like 10. Well, it felt really short. They're half an hour. So it's like gone. Uh, but that's on Hulu. And then Devs with Ron Swanson. Nick Offerman? Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Devs? No. Come on. We didn't do anything during quarantine. You I've call been yourself a podcast host. So... I don't know how you describe his character. He's like a computer genius guy and develops like a an AI system that like predicts the future and also the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's another kind of like six, seven, eight episode season. But it's one of those shows at the end, it, it, it's like a Black Mirror episode where they, they really give you the mind fuck at the end of the mm. episode and you question what is real and what is not. Uh, and that was really fun like surprise ride because it looked kind of funky in the previews but then you dive deep and you get sucked in and then you gotta wait for every week for a new one to come out anyway i really like devs and tiger king and dave among others but we're only allowed to pick three for time (laughs) (laughs) we'll do another three next week we'll have well we're so far behind there's like there's way more i thought you were gonna say umbrella academy robin and other oh my god we haven't even watched umbrella academy yet mostly because i was waiting to get this room set up it's so good (sighs) but i didn't want to like we moved okay so here's a short of it covid started and everyone was like social distance and lorelei and i were like okay we'll move to wyoming and then by the time we understood that that wasn't what everyone meant. We had already bought the house. So, like, we're here now. So we moved into this house in Wyoming, and I just got the TV room set up, and I didn't want to watch Umbrella Academy until then, and that's the end of the story. <clears throat> watch it's it. fun. Watch it. Yeah, watch it, and then let's do an episode on it. 
Okay, cool. Anyway, that's what I've been into. What's Lorelai been into? Yeah, what you been into? So, I mean, eight months is a long time. Sum it up in the next five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) In roughly chronological order. So, the first thing, we watched probably all of HGTV. Every single thing. I think we watched it all. Yeah, we had to. So, I mean, we watched, I think our favorites, we watched all of Fixer Upper. Mm -hmm. Um, Hometown. Hometown's my favorite. Just a gem. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Good Bones. Those those are the top three. And once those are done, you start to get into the really quirky, weird stuff that, like, these people are genuinely unlikable, but there's nothing else on this channel anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we did a lot of that, and it actually turned out great because we ended up buying our own fixer-upper. Mm-hmm. So now we have so many ideas and no money. Yes. So that's great. But Those shows um, definitely make you feel bad about whatever situation you're in. Even if you have a sweet home already, you're like, their home is got a slide. It's like, I don't have enough <laughs> shiplap in my house. Yeah. But um, So that was a phase we went through. Mm-hmm. The second thing... I think that had a big impact was Hamilton. Oh yeah. Which I mean, I've only been listening to the soundtrack for many years and entering the lottery to see it for many years. And then we got tickets to see it in May, which obviously didn't happen. And then, but then we got to see it in July. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really fun. Um, and then the last thing, which we finally finished once we got here, was The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, it's really good. Um, it's like moral philosophy, but hilarious at the same time. Just really, really good. Yeah, I'd say the show is, the show is like one big f- philosophical experiment, but as a comedy. Yeah. And I would say it's good, and then it's sort of not very good, but then it's really good at the end. Yeah. And what the way I was thinking about it actually when it was ending was it's like a the ending season, probably the whole season, is like such a better version, like an actual good version, but so much better than the finale of Lost. Like it's sort of the same concept of the finale of Lost, if that's a little bit of a spoiler, sorry. But they just took that idea and it was just so good and heartfelt and heartwarming and just really good. And so funny. And funny. Where can so, we see it? It is on Hulu, I yeah. think. Netflix and Hulu, maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Netflix? No, I think it's on Netflix. Anyway, uh, you can watch HGTV on <laughs> HGTV. We ended you can up watch... paying for HGTV. That's how deep we got. You can watch Hamilton on Disney Plus <laughs> and The Good Place on either Hulu or or um, Netflix. One of those two. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, what have I been into? Joey, we're going <laughs> over to you. Yeah, Joey, what have you been into? Um, I would say first, uh, mm. probably, I can't remember when it came out, but the, I watched the end of Clone Wars, obviously, during quarantine. Oh, we tried to watch the last season of Clone Wars, by the way, and we couldn't get... I think we stopped at the Bad Batch episode. I don't want to talk to you guys about <laughs> it. I really don't. 
because it's just so good, especially the ending. I mean, it's just really good. I really enjoyed it. That's on Disney+. Plus. So the second thing, and honestly, it's just so good. Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts. There's three seasons, I think, on Netflix at this point. It's an animated show. It's just so good. It's just a really, really fun story and really fun characters. And it's like a very positive show and a very like different positive and queer positive show. It's just it's just really good and it's full of like good lessons and a good story. And I recommend that everyone go and watch it. And it's three seasons and it's done. The creators like wrote 30 episodes or however many they made and they were like, it's 30 and done. And then they broke them up into seasons like they knew where it was going the whole time. It's just really, really well done. And then a third thing I was into was more recently The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. And it's like in the anthology universe of The Haunting of Hill House, which got really good reviews. And it's like a horror ghost like haunting show. And it was really good at the beginning and then it took a tremendous nosedive towards the end but it's also short it's like eight episodes or something eight or ten episodes but man really good at the beginning not really good at the end so i guess i can like three quarters recommend that one so it's like lost sort of i don't even like was lost that good for that long but anyway that's a lot of stuff that we've all been into. Wow. It sure is. There's so much more. We'll do another one. Anyway. All right. So is everyone ready to get into it? We're getting back in the saddle, back in the Western saddle with our spurs and our Beskar armor. And it's a, it's a Western thing I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And our speeder bikes. Yeah. You still got that speeder bike. All right, so let's get into it. So by the time of this recording, the first two episodes of the second season of The Mandalorian have premiered. As I've stated before, the first one is The Marshal. Let's just go over what we thought of. Let's just do both episodes. So first, let's go over the first one. What did we think about the episode? Did we like it? Are we excited? Did it make us excited for the beginning of the season of this show? Let's start with Royce. I totally forgot what the show like was all about. So they they preview the season and they're like, I'm tasked with finding the home of this being or whatever the dialogue is. So yeah. you're like, he's going to go find where baby Yoda lives. So just like at the end of Force Awakens, you're like, what do Luke and Ray talk about? I got to see the very next scene. You want the very next scene to be like, he's hanging out with a bunch of other baby Yodas, you know, unlike the baby Yoda homeworld. That's he's not all there. He's everyone's dad. He's like gets there and there's only baby Yodas and he's the only father. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's not the case. They're like they're right back to that format of the kind of like standalone story. And I forgot that that was how the first season played out. That it was like, oh, we're going to do this one little thing and we're going to kind of like slowly build the ethos around baby Yoda. But like you said, it's this like Western thing. So... I had to, like, take a minute to remember, like, okay, that's what the show is going to be. And then they said, we're going back to Tatooine. And I said, buckle your space seat belts for the amount of fan <laughs> service. We have to go back to Tatooine, the only planet in the galaxy 
So I was a little bit worried that they were going back to Tatooine, but the fan service was not nearly as over the top as the first time that they visited Tatooine in The Mandalorian, I feel like. And overall, that it was super awesome story of slaying a dragon. I have no complaints about that first episode to sum it up. But I forgot that that was the format. I wanted them to go like into the lore and baby Yoda wasn't even really in the episode that much. Like he wasn't a focal point. Yeah. There isn't a whole lot of fan service in the episode. There's like Moss Eisley, the cantina, and then Womp Rats. And that's it. R5. Oh yeah. R5. Apparent. Yeah. That's, that's the R5, right? That's the one that uh, Luke and Owen don't buy. Right. The force sensitive droid that, Low-key saved the galaxy. Mm-hmm. I think that's legend. He's though. the real hero of the story. Amy Sedaris shouldn't be so mean to him or her or it. Did it make you excited for the rest? Did you, let me ask this. Did you watch any of the previous season in anticipation of this season starting? I, I wanted to. I wanted to rewatch it, but I figured if I proposed that, Robin would be like, we already watched it. We don't <laughs> typically rewatch stuff that, that I want to rewatch. <laughs> but we watched, no, we watched I didn't. the finale right mm. before the the Oh premiere. no, you know what? I think it was the Star Wars YouTube channel put out um it was like kind of a recap, kind of a trailer for the the new season. And it was really, really well done. I did share that on Facebook, I remember. Yeah. So I watched that and I think that did kind of set the tone, but I didn't rewatch the whole season. Going in blind. That's why I forgot what the show is about. <laughs> <laughs> Baby who? <laughs> uh, Robin, what did you think? Did it make you, what did you think? And did it make you excited for the rest of the season? I was not a fan of the not Mandalorian in the Mandalorian armor. I don't know his name. The Marshal. Cobb, Cobb Vanth. Yeah. I was not Timothy a fan. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. yeah. Not a fan of him. I was not a fan of his character. I was kept waiting for him to like do something shady and be like, okay, bye. Well, that's a really interesting point because he will do something shady. The character, so Cobb Vanth was introduced in the Aftermath trilogy, which was a trilogy of books that came out, I think right before The Force Awakens and like spanned, well, filled in the gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So it it goes into sort of what happens immediately after the destruction of Death Star 2 and talks about the beginning of the First Order and and all that stuff. It kind of bridges the gap. And he's introduced in that series of books and he does not, and that is all canon. So my point is he does not get the armor in the books the way that he says he gets the armor in the show. So he's definitely lying by like, canonical standards but so something shady going on there yeah <laughs> something's shady going on and, and in those flashbacks you can i i got the vibe in the show like you could kind of tell that he's maybe not telling the full truth he, he like talks himself up too much of the hero but anyway certainly something shady is going to happen um huh with his character in the future i don't feel the same way man he's the marshal He's a good guy. And? And he keeps his word. When the dragon is slayed at the end of the episode, he gives the Mandalorian the armor. Oh, come on. There's so many. Should we? All right. This was something I was going to get into later, but 
There's so many reasons he could be giving away that armor. He could be giving away the armor because Boba Fett's after, he knows Boba Fett is after him. He knows that there is a Mandalorian on Tatooine that wants that armor and he needs to get, he needs to unload it. So at that point, he sees an opportunity to get what he wants in two ways. He kills the crate dragon, just like maybe just move to a different part of the desert. Like this is this thing's home. You're like, the crate dragon's been destroying this town since the beginning. It's like, they just fucking move. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so he gets rid of the crate dragon and he gets rid of the armor. It just seems a little bit too convenient for him to get sort of everything. I don't know. There might be a reason why he wants to get rid of that armor. Hmm. But anyway, okay, so go on, Robin. What else? Um, I did like all of the Baby Yoda, as usual. I didn't think it was light on Baby Yoda. I thought they they centered around him a lot. He just pops in and he says, "We're gonna cut away to me." Hello, here I am. Yeah. Also, why is Mandalorian? Why is he still leaving him everywhere? Yeah. Why is he leaving him on the bike? He comes. Yoda walks into the bar all by himself. Yeah. Come on. He's an independent Baby Yoda. (laughs) He don't need no man. (laughs) He don't need no man though. He's in a spittoon. Yeah, so those were the highlights of that. Uh, episode one. Yeah, episode one. I was or chapter. Chapter one. They keep the chapters chapter are still nine. In, chapter ten. I really like how the chapters are still going. Like it's they yeah. don't they didn't go back to episode one, season two. It's like chapter just nine. the same story continuing. I think that's kind of a nice little uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Over- continuity. It's good for continuity. Sure. Class. I thought it was classy. <laughs> I don't sure. Know. I'm not good with words. Perfect for this podcast medium. (laughs) What did you think, Lorelai? I thought, I mean, I think I I agree with Royce that it was like the mission was to find Baby Yoda's friends. And all of a sudden now the mission is to find other Mandalorians. And I didn't, I guess maybe I just forgot. Like, how does that transition happen? Like, how did the the mission seems to have changed? But... Yeah, I guess it kind of needs to go it's that way. It's blurred hey, between both of those. Like, I need to find yeah, the Mandalorians yeah. to find the Jedi to find Baby Yoda's parents. Yeah. I don't really get the... Anyway, whatever. But I liked it. I thought it was somewhat reminiscent of the first episode where it's like the Mandalorian walks into a bar and, like, plays a game of, like, stick them up. And that's, like... Right. Yeah. And fights Very, a creature in a cave. Yeah. Yeah, very much on the Western theme. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. He walks into the bar. I think it might be, it's the first time I've noticed him having spurs is when he walks into the bar at Mos Pelgo. I didn't even notice the spurs. He walks in and he's got spurs, which Boba Fett had on his, I mean, in the original trilogy, Mm -hmm. you can hear it. But I haven't noticed until, you know, that episode it was just funny when they're both like standing there with their hands over their guns i was like i've seen this movie before yeah and like uh cop vanth played by timothy oliphant has a six shooter yeah and he like almost just got done playing the sheriff in justified it's all very sort of on the nose Mm -hmm. but um but still good yeah yeah what was i i had another point to make about the Western thing, but now I can't. Oh, okay. So let's go into it a little bit more. Did I, so the beginning of the episode starts with him going into that like fight 
Is that the stools? Is that the stools? Yeah, the stools making noise over here. (laughs) Farts all around. I'm not editing this out, by the way. Um, If you're new to the podcast, we don't edit. (laughs) Let me say, did the beginning of the episode remind anybody else of of the first level in the Bounty Hunter video game? (laughs) I don't remember anything about the Bounty Hunter video game, but it makes me want to play it watching the show and seeing all the cool moves that they've been pulling off lately. What's they the must, first level? They, he, like, Django Fett is in this arena is watching a fight and he's tracking some guys down or whatever. I don't remember it that well either, but I remember that he's in this, like, arena and there's a fight going on and then the and then Django Fett gets tossed in the ring with some kind of monster that you have to defeat. But it's all... It's, I, they had... Favreau or somebody on the creative team, it's too close to not be connected in that way. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, so Moss Pelgo and Cobb Vanth from the Aftermath books, there's a lot more that's going to happen with his character. And I think that that, because they introduced his character and that's the connection to those books, I think is the Mandalorian is going across the outer rim and interacting with all of these worlds, we might, I think that that might point to more of a connection to those, to the aftermath books and the connection of the first order, the start of the first order, which is what those books are about. And the first order in those books, sort of the idea of it starts in the outer rim. It's all very connected. So I think we might see more of that. Uh, Another uh, fan thing that I forgot about is the pod racer. Yeah, hey, pod racer engine on or like pod racer speeder. Is that Anakin's? Is that a piece of Anakin's pod? Even yeah. it looks. I think. I think it's a piece of Anakin's pod. So very like. It's a small desert, whatever. I guess. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm not into the fan service stuff. I don't need any of that. Like, it's fun that they put it in there, I guess. But I just want the show to be good. I really don't give a shit if you have to be like wink wink remember this prop like yeah other stuff with the tuscan raiders where they're like just expanding on something that already exists is really cool and giving them some kind of depth and they have like wars with the locals that's cool and just dropping in little like the r5 the pod racer engine i don't know i guess i guess you have to do that so people tweet and talk about it but like from a marketing perspective, that's a really brilliant idea because it'll piss somebody off. Someone will talk about it on a podcast, but I don't need it. I just want the good story to be there, which I thought it was yeah. a good story overall. They had to kill the dragon. They kill the dragon. He gets the thing at the end. They see the Boba Fett in the shadows and you're like, well, I got to see another episode. Boom. Perfect. See, the Boba Fett is the fan servicey thing that I like. like well, it, it almost pod- works for the story. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, I don't think that that has been brought back into canon until now that Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc pit somehow. So, and I, that actor's great. And yeah, I really like that. Uh, I was going to put, oh, so yeah, fighting the dragon. Did you like that part? Is Did everyone really like that part? It's a crate like, dragon, it's... which I think we're also intrigued. Well, we see, so crate dragon has a history as well. We see its skeleton in A New Hope. We see like when, I think it's when R2-D2 and C-3PO crash land on Tatooine. 
Yeah. Like one of the first things we see is the skeleton, but then it's, they're also in the aftermath books, but the episodes, I really liked the episode, I guess is what I should say. It was a fun climactic battle at the end. The Mandalorian could have just taken the armor instead of helping, but okay. So he's a good guy. So he helps, but also why not just put the explosives on the Bantha in the first place? That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was the obvious way to kill it. We all Let's knew. just put it in the dirt and, like, a mile away from the cave entrance so it has to come out that far. I think if that was the case, though, they would have been like, why didn't they think of that before or something? Yeah. Like, that why almost didn't would they be think too, of that before? Too easy. So it's your classic, like, storytelling trope. You're like, why did they go down that dark alley in the horror movie. Like, it's just what you, it's what you do. It's also very Tremors. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd like to know if Favreau is a fan of the Tremors movies. I thought the dragon looked really good. Like, cinematically or CGI. Yeah, they have a shit ton of money. They're just like throwing money at this thing. But so, yes, it looked really good. (laughs) I liked it. Yeah. Oh, another thing about Cobb Vanth and why he might not be trustworthy. At the end of the f- the first episode where they're on Tatooine, remember he he either kills or knocks out um what's that character's name? The- Fennec Shand. Remember the like wannabe he's bad got guy? The not the kid, the oh the other, female other bounty hunter. Bounty hunter. Yeah. 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 So and then some so she's left on Tatooine either dead or unconscious. It's I think it's unclear by the end of the episode. But someone approaches her seemingly in Boba Fett's armor and you don't know who it is and that's like the first introduction that maybe Boba Fett is alive and on Tatooine. So was that Cobb Vance character speculation? That is like who knows. Well that's well yeah, who knows, but at this point Cobb Vance has Boba Fett's armor in in that scene you hear him walking up, you see the cape, you hear the spurs. It's like, see, it's it's very, it's almost obviously Mandalorian armor approaching the body of Fennec Shand. So, I don't know. We'll have to did see. Did he there's do something no, with her? There's no details there. That's left intentionally. Uh, this page left intentionally blank? Yeah, they, they <laughs> want you to wonder about that. Who knows? That could be anything. That's like a classic. Well, they like, got what we'll they set wanted because I'm wondering about it. Exa- exactly. It's your uh, magic box or whatever. Pandora's box? Mystery box. Yeah. No, not Pandora's box. Or it could be Pandora's box. We don't know. That's part of the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> J.J. Abrams. All right. So is that all episode one? Um, okay. Let's get into, so let's get into the passenger. Chapter 10, whatever it is. We're good at this. <laughs> I'll, I'll say the passenger starts out with something I really like when he's riding on the speeder bike and the other bounty hunters are trying to capture him. They're after Baby Yoda. And he, he takes them all out, right? And he sends one shooting off with his jetpack. Right. Like, that's just great, right? Oh, you know what? I'm going to go back a little bit because there's a great scene in... Uh, the marshal where he's in the in the brawl in the arena mm-hmm. and he like just slams his head into the fist of someone who's uh, I think it's the Twi'lek who's like punching at him. It's just a really good moment in like fight choreography because he's got the unbreakable armor and he just right. smashes his head into the fist on purpose. 
Anyway, so he sends the thing off with his um, jetpack. Yeah, that's that a really good opening. Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, that was entertaining. Although it was like evil. I've seen a lot of people point this out that they're like, Baby Yoda reacts and he's like, yup, that's what you get when you mess with us. He's like <laughs> totally okay with it. You know what? That brings up a really interesting point that I read about somewhere on the internet about this show. <laughs> We're good that's at like, this. <laughs> that's like, yeah, I read about it somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but it was talking about the like familial aspect of their relationship, uh, Baby Yoda and and the Mandalorians, right. uh, and how like he's the Mandalorian is the most. Um, healthy father figure that we know of in the star Wars universe. (laughs) Like who do we, who do we have to work with? We've got Darth Vader and we've got bail Organa. Ray's not existent parents. And you know, but we have, uh, the Mandalorian who's actually trying to, you know, be a parental figure to this, to baby Yoda and keep him safe and everything. But also, just showing him an incredible amount of violence along the way. Yeah. I don't know if that Anyway, play it was out. a really interesting read. I read it somewhere on the internet. <laughs> you could too, potentially. <laughs> if you Google the white keywords. All right. Just Google it. So are we just talking about what we liked about this episode? Let's talk what? about what we liked. Let's talk about what we like and what we didn't like. Is there <laughs> anything you didn't like? Okay, wait. So The Passenger, <laughs> directed by Peyton Reed, written by... John Favreau, Peyton Reed, as I said earlier, directed the Ant-Man movies. And bring it on. And bring it on. There's no cheerleaders <laughs> in the episode. There's no cheerleaders in the episode. Very But the Mandalorian gets to <laughs> Moss Eisley Cantina, and Amy Sedaris's character is playing Sabacc with a giant ant. Yeah. So, Interesting. Hmm. There's that. There is were it, some weird alien Ant-Man. creatures in this is episode. Is thing on? Yes, it's on. Yeah. Should we just right out in front of it say it would really be terrible if this show turns into a monster of the week type of thing? Somebody on the staff clearly likes the idea of expanding like the weird alien creatures. That's just part of the show. Like even going into the Tusken Raiders and like the Jawas, like that's part of Star Wars just to have weird creatures. Otherwise, Like, if you just run into a bunch of other, like, human beings, that's boring. Like, Yeah. But the but the two big bads of the first two episodes have been giant alien monstrosities. Oh, okay. No. So, if you're talking about the big spider, like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't need, like, a maw <laughs> or a... Uh, Rathtar. Rathtar or... Uh, yeah. Why are there always disgusting creatures? The asteroid worm. <laughs> you're right. Those... <laughs> Those I'm I'm less interested in the like non-humanoid species that like interact with society. Yeah, more fish lady. That's frog lady. I mean, yeah, still odd, but at least expanding on things. But yeah, yeah that that spider was creepy. That spider's gross. It was, that and scene was straight out of Harry Potter. It was like big spider and lots of baby spiders. Well. All chasing you. We're getting, we're doing the end of the episode before we do the beginning of the episode, but <clears throat> that spider was originally concept art from Empire, was was like concept art for Dagobah. Huh. 
Cool. And then they didn't use it. And then there's something very similar to it in Star Wars Rebels, which I think makes more of a connection, has more of a connection to where this show is going, which I think we should wait to, I'll wait to talk about until the end. So sure. I guess aside from that, um, X-Wings, yeah. How did coolest we like this thing? episode? X-Wings. Come on. Dave Filoni is one of the pilots right, nice. of the X-Wings. I said that when we were watching Robin, remember? Uh-huh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when you can sit there and be like, I know a thing. That's the guy. <laughs> I know that, and that makes me amazing. Mm-hmm. I just love knowing stuff about Star Wars. Well, because he was the one of the pilots in that Prison Break episode, right? Was he in there? I know Rick... Uh, I can't remember his last name. Because that would make sense. Deborah Chow was one of the They referenced that and, later on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's why. That they, would make sense if it was the same guy or same character. Right. Yep. So that was cool. And what else? What do we like about this episode? Why? Did they explain why they can't jump to hyperspace? Yes. With the fish eggs? Well, okay, I mean, I it must part. be some kind of biological reason that, like, yeah. if you're going faster than light, then eggs Die. scramble i don't know <laughs> it more so i mean to me it seemed like it was just that the like frog lady was just like i don't want to do that yeah she was just like really scared i don't know Maybe okay so scrambly eggs i wonder if you can hear my burp into the microphone <laughs> drinking beer I feel like we've wondered that on this <laughs> podcast before sponsored by beer <laughs> Uh, so the beginning of the episode, the Mandalorian's still on Tatooine and Amy Sedaris talks him into taking this frog lady to a, uh, what did they call it? Basically a swamp planet or a swamp moon, estuary moon <laughs> called Trask because her husband is waiting there to fertilize her eggs <laughs> that she's carrying in a In tank. a backpack. So romantic. Very, very odd, yeah. <laughs> also- But we know- it, her husband is clearly the blue dude from chapter one, right? Well, we've seen that guy again, right? He's in the, in the trailer. Yeah. In the trailer for, but we also see her with something that looks like another frog person in that preview. On well, I could Trask. be wrong. That was just where my mind went when they were like, okay, amphibian character, like you must be dating the blue dude, and that's why he comes back. Maybe, but I think in one of the previews, I could send a, whatever, a screenshot later, but it looks like she's walking with another frog dude, but we do see that guy again, but in the ship, right? He's like in the ship with the Mandalorian in the preview. He's in a ship. Right. I guess my it's point is that, sh that they get to, we know that they get to Trask because it's been in the preview and her husband knows where to find a Mandalorian or Mandalorians. And that's the incentive here for the Mandalorian to get to Trask. So I have many questions for you guys about the episodes. Basically, what did you think of the spiders? We're on the same page. They're gross. <laughs> Surprise. There was, there was a lot of, it, it, it felt very like the movie Alien, right? I think it was supposed to, the way the eggs open up and everything and then all the whatever spiders that look like face huggers come out 
I feel like this episode was more Baby Yoda focused. There was a lot of Baby Yoda eating things, which everybody loves. Lots of Baby baby Yoda mannerisms in this. Yeah, I would agree. Whereas the first episode was like just reactionary. They were like, okay, now we need to tease a little bit more. We have to let him in. And he not like stole the show, but he was being a little mischievous like toddler getting into trouble. Yeah. It's also gross, him eating the eggs. Uh, I hit the microphone, so you probably hear a lot of springs when you go to listen to this. Uh, My favorite part with Baby Yoda was when he zoomed up onto the egg container, and then they they show it from the other side, and his face gets all, like, distorted, but he's just, like, pressed up against the glass like a kid (laughs) at an aquarium or something, like, smushed up onto it. I thought that was hilarious. Well, now you're going to have to come up with something else because after this was all done, I was going to ask everybody. I, ha- I have another thing. Baby. Okay, good. <laughs> I will say, I guess from my perspective, when I first watched this episode, you know, like last night, um, I felt that it was a filler. But the more I thought about it, the more it felt like it was leading us down the path of where this season's supposed to go. How did it make you guys feel? Robin. Uh, I loved it mostly because it was very Baby Yoda heavy. Awesome. Um, I did hate the spiders, and I do want to ask: Is she a frog person? Because I thought it was more of like a salamander. He said the word frog. He says, "Sorry, lady, I don't speak frog." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I thought she was a lizard. Anyway, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Little fan servicey with the. X Wings, but other than that, you I think liked it, it. the X Wings are fan service? Yes. <laughs> but I think well, we it, need to have those moments for people like myself where it's like an X Wing is the only type of spaceship I can identify. Oh, it's Star Wars. I'm like, oh, wait, I know. <laughs> I was like, Joey, that's an X Wing. He was like, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool that they're like patrolling the galaxy. And he's like, I didn't want to go sub light because of the X Wings, man. There's going to be a Patrol. There's going to be a speed trap, you know. Well, he he doesn't want to go. He's he's running from the remnants of the expat of the empire and the new republic. Like he he broke he broke into and broke out of that new republic prison ship, but he also stole from the dregs of the empire. Yeah. So he really has no friends, and at this point. The New Republic is patrolling the galaxy looking for remnants of the Empire to shut down. So they're on high alert. He's got the Empire on his tail. I didn't think it was filler. Well, I don't know. It felt like it at the beginning. That's what the show is. It's these one-off stories that will eventually like lead into something. Like he's not done delivering this frog lady. Yeah. yeah, he's not. And we know that he gets to, like I said, we know he gets to Trask because of the previews. And that's where he sees um, Sasha Banks' character. Like in the previews, we see him on that planet and we see her eyeing him from the shadows. And it's like speculation as to who Sasha Banks is playing. But I think that so far the episodes have pointed to a particular Mandalorian that Sasha Banks could be playing, and then her connection to other Mandalorians and her connection to the Jedi. So I think with the combination of 
let's see, what do we have so far? So we have Boba Fett. Basically, so the spiders are very similar to spiders that were introduced in Star Wars Rebels. And I, at this point, knowing that we're being introduced next to Sasha Banks, I don't think that that's an accident. I think that there's been speculation that she's playing um, Sabine Wren, a Mandalorian character from Rebels, who's at this point out in the galaxy searching for Ezra Bridger with Ahsoka Tano. And it seems like that's the next Mandalorian he's going to be introduced to based on what the first two episodes are setting up. So we know he gets there. We know he meets her. The question is, does the frog lady's husband know her or know another uh, Mandalorian? Or Well, that was the whole point. Is it just a trick to get this? Is it just a lie? They're just playing with him so that he delivers her and her eggs. Well, it's got to connect. That would be annoying if... they went through all that rigmarole and he's like, so that was for nothing. Thanks. Or well, maybe it is because if he, if he ends up meeting with that blue guy, what's, do we know that guy's name? I don't remember. Well, so what they the end glands. Up, maybe they meet up with him and he's like, didn't I arrest you? Like, didn't I bring you in for a bounty? And that turns out to be like, Oh, so you're duping me again. You're a bad guy. I took you in once. Like, right. Maybe that that does go awry. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's where they're going with it, though. He's gonna continue to gather keys to open. You know, I need the red key to open the door. Well, they. I think you're playing too much like 3D chess with it. They're gonna go step by step, and we have to have these like filler little side quests. We know that. Well, we're we're like. 99% certain that Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka Tano in this season of The Mandalorian. And we know that that character right now in, it, well, at that point in Star Wars history is with Sabine Wren looking for Ezra Bridger. We also know that she is very connected to Yoda. So in order for, it just kind of makes sense Sabine Wren is a Mandalorian. They're all in the Outer Rim together. It just kind of makes sense from a storytelling standpoint to have him introduced to Ahsoka, who knows Yoda, to help him on his quest. Yeah, if somebody sees maybe Yoda that knows Yoda, they're going to be like, oh. Everyone else is like, I've never seen that thing before. Right, and they might not necessarily trust Mandalorians, which could add to a whole conflict like there's good Mandalorians and there's bad Mandalorians. There's basically, well, I think there's, let's go over the Mandalorians that he could meet this season. I think Sabine Wren is, uh, is at the forefront. Obviously, I think Boba Fett with an asterisk because he's not really a Mandalorian, but he's got, that's his armor and he can probably convince anyone that he's a Mandalorian. And there's, the last time we see the Darksaber is in Rebels, and Sabine Wren is giving it to a character named Bo Katan, who was voiced by Katie Sackoff, who plays Starbuck in hmm. um, Battlestar? Battlestar Galactica. And she 
is rumored to be in this season of The Mandalorian as that character. She's voiced that character in The Clone Wars and Rebels. And so the last time we see the Darksaber, Sabine is giving the Darksaber to Bo-Katan so that she can lead the Mandalorians. The Darksaber is like a symbol of leadership. But we know that Moff Gideon has it. So I think they're going to connect all of this to some uh, dispute between the Empire and the Mandalorians. And somehow Moff Gideon got the Darksaber from Bo-Katan. Anyway, those are the Mand- I think those are like the three uh, most likely Mandalorian characters for him to meet this season. And the... I think the biggest conflict this season could come from Boba Fett is the only Mandalorian amongst that group that can convince Darn Jin. What's his name? Dan. Dan. Din, Dan. Din Jarn. Yeah. Whatever. Um, that the Jedi are the bad guys. Like hmm. the armorist says that there's a history of the Mandalorians, Mandalore the Great, fighting an ancient race of sorcerers known as the Jedi. But of all the Mandalorians, I think that he could meet this season. Boba Fett's the only one that could convince him that they're bad guys. Like, the Jedi killed his father. The Jedi, he fought the Jedi for the Empire. Yeah, he's got a pretty robust backstory. if, If the Mandalorian meets Ahsoka Tano, and that's the connection to guiding him to Baby Yoda's home, the only thing that could come between them having sort of a good relationship, I think, is Boba Fett saying the Jedi can't be trusted. I mean, they killed his father and sent him on the path to become Boba Fett. Yeah. No, that's pretty messed up. That would be interesting to see that and play like, out. That's- Mace Windu chops Jango Fett's head off. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sad. But I don't know, man. <laughs> I still think you're playing 3D chess. You're thinking way too many episodes ahead. We have a lot more tentacle monsters to defeat before we get to that level of the video game. Uh, well, that's kind of my point. Like, I want him to meet Sabine Wren, who or whoever that is, on the next episode, and not do this Dude, tentacle monster battle every episode. They're playing it like they play the Marvel movies, where at the end credits they're like, "Check out this bad guy," and you're like, "Oh, I bet he's in the next one." No, he's not in the next one. They they put out three more movies and then he's in the next one. It's like the same formula because they get people all twisted up and well, talking about it and excited. It's a really good way to build a universe. And yeah, check and mate. Favreau started the Marvel universe. I mean, that's why he's so good at this. He knows how to it do works. this stuff. Yeah. But we're introduced to Boba Fett, it, like, that's the end credit scene, but he's been on Tatooine this whole time. He's going to get off planet now? I, I don't know. We'll, ha- we'll have to wait and see. We have to wait this and is, see? This is too ah! much speculation. Anyway. But I want to go episode- into speculation, so that was that was going to be one of my points. Like, I, I kind of wanted to get into a little bit of speculation where we think, what we think it all means so far, and where we think the season's going to go, I guess speculation for each of us is everyone comfortable doing that does that sound like a fun thing to do yeah i think that's a great idea lorelei your facial expression is not translating on the podcast but based (laughs) off of the emotions i just witnessed what (laughs) speculation do you have for the next 
I don't few know episodes. Who, like, half the people you were just talking about are, <laughs> but I'm sure. Well, they're all A plus characters. Sabine Wren is an amazing character. Ahsoka Tano I'm... is the best character in Star Wars. Maybe they'll start a search for Ezra Bridger, or maybe this will start a another show where Sabine and Ahsoka go off, and you were talking, but then I started talking. <laughs> now I'm all that's left. No, I think this works. <laughs> that Lorelai is less invested in the canon. I mean, I don't know. I've seen the <laughs> movies. I don't like. I don't know who those people are. I'm sure I'm excited to meet them. Maybe. But, <laughs> oh. Like I'm enjoying. Ah, Tano, very excited to meet you. Yes, she's got that fun hair thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not hair. I don't know what it is. It's on her head. <laughs> If you don't know the canon, I don't think there is anything to speculate. There's nothing to speculate about. That's the thing. It's like, I mean, the thing about this show is that, yes, it's maybe in part for people who are very familiar with the canon, but it's mostly for Disney Plus subscribers who are like children who want to watch their Disney movies. Okay. Such as myself, a child who wants to watch their Disney movies. So, Um, like, I don't know who those people are. I have nothing to speculate on. I'm just watching a fun show mm. with a cute baby Yoda that eats stuff it's not supposed to. Preach. Those are really great points. And I'm going to go over this again. (laughs) And I feel like I always go over this consciously or subconsciously. But audience... If you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> All four of you. <laughs> the, the tens of people that used to at least listen to this show. If you like Star Wars, and if you're enjoying The Mandalorian, please, please consider wrapping yourselves around more of the canon. <laughs> There's so much canon out there, and it's so good. Just, like, just, just give, it a, give it a taste. Just give it a taste. Give it a little, you know, whirl. just check out, check out some of the canon. Rebels, the Clone Wars, the, any comic books, books, regular books, you know, I don't know, art, on the, art somewhere on the internet. Just check it out. All right. Robin, non-canon consumer. What, what's Please gonna, be on my side. What's going to happen? There's too much canon. Uh, Is he going to find baby Yoda's Yoda's? Eventually. Not Sorry. this season. Uh, you go. Robin, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, long long term, right? Yeah, I'm I'm watching it solely for Baby Yoda. Everything else is filler. I need nothing oh but goodness. Baby Yoda. Breaks my heart. And uh I mean eventually. Actually, I, I kind of think they're not ever going to find Baby Yoda's homeworld. I think he's just gonna be like, All right, you're mine forever. Let's explore the galaxy together. He could be the last one. It's possible that there is no baby Yoda homeworld and that when when a Yoda's species dies, the Force incorporates that essence into creating another being and it just exists somewhere in the universe. Like, Yoda died, the Force was unbalanced, and it created a version of Yoda in a baby Yoda. I mean, that's entirely possible, I think. Wild speculation. Well, I love wildly speculating about Star Wars because if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if I'm right, holy shit, that feels well, great okay, later maybe. when I find out that I'm right. All right. With all this Baby Yoda uh, uh, pandemonium going on, so what I really want to see, if we want to speculate, is kind of harping back on what I originally said is like, we got to find Baby Yoda's homeworld and bring him back with his species. And, and you want to see that. You want to see that developed. 
when he was initially walking up to the the egg container, whatever you want to call that little aquarium, and he's kind of reaching his hand out. Like they obviously played that up for laughs through the whole episode that he was eating the eggs, which is weird. But uh, I, what I wanted from that, Robin, what I wanted from that, me personally, <laughs> was that he was going to like commune with the eggs or something. Like, yeah, right. he was going to like too. influence the midichlorians and the eggs or something. Like he has this crazy power with the force and it's super cool. But they haven't like explained that. That is like the island characteristic of Mandalorian, where you're kind of left to like assume what Baby Yoda is, and then you find out he's just eating the eggs. So that didn't pan out. But I wanted him to be like on a different level, like communing with other life forces. And I agree that didn't play out because um, you can't. He has no dialogue, so you're left to assume everything. So he's either being adorable or maybe he's being like wildly force sensitive and you don't know. All baby wants to do, baby Yoda wants to Feed. do is snack. Yeah. So I saw that and was like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's totally going to eat those eggs. I know what happened. You called it. Yeah. I wanted it to be a little bit <laughs> oh, yeah. more, more meaningful, but that's what I'm hoping for. I want there to be that revelation like where he finally does meet uh, another creature that's like, yo, these people are rare because they have mad metachlorians and you've seen it do crazy stuff because it's special. And then that aspect comes through. But I guess we already know that. So we don't need a stupid TV show to tell us like the force exists. Well, actually, that's a good point. And something, some, some other grief I had with um, Fallen Order is that the, what specifically Rebels really, really hit hard on some Jedi's connection to creatures like animals and various like alien animals and their ability to connect with those creatures and form a bond or relationship. And in fallen order, you're just out there killing creatures. Mm -hmm. Like they're all enemies. They all attack you. And you like, I think a very cool aspect of that game would have been the ability to, commune with those creatures and make them your ally and then you get them to mm. attack the bad guys or whatever but you can't do that you just have to kill them which i think is very silly but also that is something that i wish that they would introduce in this show like you're saying like baby yoda communes with the frog eggs or whatever or another alien creature and they form a connection and he uses it in some way, or or we see that happen on the screen. Same thing with the which spider is something eggs. That's established. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> just like Star Wars, there's just like you kill the Wampa and you kill the crate dragon and you kill the spider, but we know that like Ezra Bridger connected to all of these creatures in Star Wars Rebels, and it was really a great part of that show because it could have been the same thing where you just like killing creatures that are evil or, or look scary or whatever, but he just connected with them. And I think that would be really cool to establish. And Jedi Fallen Order falls really short of that. But anyway, yeah, I think that would be cool at some point to do. I don't think that's, that's not the point of the show though. So again, to go back to like my initial like response to like the season coming back, it's not the let's explain all the mystery boxes show at all. 
It has not explained anything in Star Wars. It's just a nice shoot 'em up show. Oh, bad guys. Ah, we took down the bad guys. And Baby Yoda was cute along the way. That's pretty much well, it. Well, yeah. But it's also, it's showing us extra parts of Star Wars that we want to see. You it's, know what I mean? It's like still it has, world building. Yeah, and it has the opportunity to be that world building experience still. Yeah, I just think everybody wants it to be like, finally tell me the meaning of life. And like, that's not how it works. I want it to conclude. I want to know what there is to know about Baby Yoda, but I want it to be fun and exciting along the way, and I want it to take time. Ten more seasons. I want them to introduce characters like Ahsoka Tano and maybe down the road Ezra Bridger, and if they find Ezra Bridger, do they find Thrawn because they disappeared together and, and things like that. Like They have the opportunity to connect... The Mandalorian has the opportunity to connect everything where there's been such an incredible disconnect between the cinematic canon and the rest of canon. Like the books and the comic books, well, I guess the comic books ties in, tie in cinematically, but the animated shows and the cinematic canon don't really connect other than it's all canon. And the Mandalorian has the opportunity to connect, to connect them, and it seems like that's the way it's going, which is a really incredible step to take. I mean, you, you're filling a gap that really has been a huge disconnect for... I mean, I talk about <clears throat> watching the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, and I feel like if you're, a, you know, if you like Star Wars, give that stuff a chance. But there's definitely a disconnect for people who don't want to watch the animated shows. And now the Mandalorian has come along with the opportunity to connect all of that. So you might not necessarily have to watch the stuff, but it's going to include the characters and it's going to connect it to the cinematic characters, which is nice. Yeah, I agree. It just doesn't have to solve world hunger. It's you want too much out of it in my humble, like it has the ability <laughs> to do a lot. It's the first live action series, man. Give it a break. <laughs> I, think I will not. <laughs> I think we're lucky uh, that the first episode was like 50 minutes long. It was like a pretty long episode in Mandalorian yeah. terms. And then the second one was another like 40 or 45 minutes. That is way longer than the first couple episodes of the first season that were literally like half an hour and they were done. So you're like lucky to get the live action Star Wars that we're already getting. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> but I want more. I'm going to keep my expectations high and then be disappointed <laughs> when they're not met. <laughs> like a good Star Wars fan. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. All right. All right. Let's, well, let's, let's move this right along. We're coming up on 73 right minutes and 28 seconds. Nice. Uh, okay, so let's do this. I had... A series of questions to ask each of you. So let's go around. <laughs> let's let's go around the uh, remote rooms. What was your favorite part of? Let's do each episode. So what was your favorite part of the Marshall, and what was your favorite part of the Passenger? Let's start with Lorelai. Okay. 
Um, my, Go, we're already at 75 uh, minutes or whatever. We're running out of time. Um, he shuts us off at 78. part of the Marshall is when the Mandalorian finally just like jumps into the dragon thingy because Uh-oh. it was like that was the answer all along. We all knew that someone was going to have to go in there with the furry mammoth thingy. Covered in bombs. That was always a bit. Bantha. The Bantha. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Will you read some canon, Lorelai? And my favorite part of the passenger is right at the end when Baby Yoda pulls the egg out of his bucket. He's like, I had this the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I was saving this for later. (laughs) Yeah. And he like hides. He's like, whoop. He's like, oh. You're not going to see me, right? Yeah. Anyway. What was your favorite part of each episode, Robin? Uh, my favorite part of the Marshall was uh, Baby Yoda in his little bag on the Bantha, just kind of mm. chilling. Really, Baby Yoda in a bag on any vehicle where his ears flap usually ends up being my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> or in a spittoon, I would take that. Yeah, also. that was my second choice. Uh, and then for Passenger, is that what it is? Yeah. My favorite part was the first time he ate the egg. Where he just finds him and he's like, because <laughs> the sound effect was perfect and the look on his face was like, yeah, I got the eggs. <laughs> he's so gross. <laughs> Those are my favorites. I did not like him eating the eggs. <laughs> that yeah, it didn't. And I love eggs, by the way, but there was something very weird about that. Well, those are, and also it was like very anti, jelly. like Yoda, like life. Maybe he's just like consuming its life force to save it for later. Or maybe he's just a hungry toddler. Like, consuming life yummy. force? I, yeah. I yeah, think that seems it. worse. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Royce? Uh, all right. For the the first chapter of this season, I don't know when it first happened, but I noticed when it ended, I think, is they changed the aspect ratio and it changed at the end when he was like speeder biking away and Boba Fett was like watching in a distance. Yeah, like zooms out or whatever. It zooms out or it zooms in, I forget. But it must have like changed before that as well. I think other people have pointed out. I only watched the episode once, but I love when stuff like that happens because it makes you think like this part is a little bit more important right here. Draws me in. It's like a dramatic effect. It has like nothing to do with story or plot line or whatever. But that like choice in cinematography always like piques my interest when I notice it, which clearly I only noticed half of it. Legion does that a lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a cool, real cool tool. I want to watch it again to fi- figure out where that actually kicks in and kicks out. That's my favorite part, though, just because those those things stick out. Uh, and not my favorite part for the next episode, but there were a lot of like fade outs in that second chapter where like there was a scene and they were going into another scene it faded out to black and then hard cut back in i noticed yeah. those like cinematography cuts for some reason like in star wars there's always very clear fades from one scene to another or not always but occasionally whether it's like a wipe across a screen or like a circle wipe or triangle corner wipe they do all these weird wipes and Mandalorian doesn't do that, but it's doing these other cinematography things that I've started to pick up on. So keep an Baby eye out. Baby Yoda wipe. Yeah, exactly. But the, the Yoda's in parentheses. Baby Yoda wipe. Is it- like a baby wipe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You're gross. <laughs> All right. So my favorite part, though, of episode two uh, was when the the spiders were attacking, surprisingly. But specifically, when Baby Yoda tried to get the spider off of his head, he couldn't. <laughs> He couldn't reach his own head. He couldn't scratch the top of his head because his hands were like Tyrannosaurus Rex. He couldn't get it, which was sad, but also incredibly adorable as it should have been. What were your favorite parts, Joe? Uh, I think, all right, well, I'm just going to say it. My favorite part of the Marshall, I think, was the introduction of Boba Fett at the end. And that's it. I mean, you just at the end, you see him standing up on the cliff. You hear the music and a literal like, cliffhanger guns. Exactly. And you're like, yeah, that's right. He's back. Um, it's too my bad he didn't have part, a theme song. <laughs> yeah. Or like Boba yeah. Fett's theme, you know, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> whatever it would have been. And my favorite part of the passenger, I think. I had a lot of not favorite parts of the passenger as much as I think it's going to sort of, it was foreshadowing the rest of the season. So I'm going to say one of my not favorite parts of the passenger was that the Mandalorian always wants to sleep. (laughs) There's like five scenes where he's like talking about sleeping and that's boring. Uh, But my favorite part is when the frog lady reprograms zero Mm. to translate for her. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And the Mandalorian wakes up all freaked out because Zero tried to shoot Baby Yoda. He doesn't like um, droids. Doesn't like droids either. But maybe he does now. Who knows? But anyway, uh, I think that was my favorite. You know, I should have done these all at once for time. So let's just ask the next two <laughs> and everyone just does it. So everyone say it at the same time. Yeah. On the count of three, <laughs> what were, what do you think? Answer these questions. Okay, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think was the most Star Wars moment of each episode? And what was your favorite Baby Yoda moment of each episode? And this one will start with Robin. Uh, the most Star Wars moment from the first one, I would say just the fact that they had, why can't I think of their names? The Sand People. Tusken Raiders. Tusken Raiders. That was very Star Warsy. And then the second episode, just the fact that they were like, member X-Wings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I already gave my favorite Baby Yoda moments. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Okay, what do you got, Lorelai? Um, I think Robin and I are on the same page where our favorite moments are our favorite Baby Yoda moments. Okay. Because it's adorable. <laughs> um... And the most Star Wars-y moments? I mean, Tatooine is, like, one of the only planets I know. So, (laughs) and they're like, we're going back to Tatooine. I was like, that's the one with two suns. (laughs) They did have a pretty epic two suns scene where it wasn't quite a sunset, but they did show the two suns. Yeah, Yeah, that's how you know you're on Tatooine. That's a good Star Wars. I guess every once in a while, both suns do shine on a Womp Rat's tail. That's what (laughs) Cop Vance says that. (laughs) It's a line. Cop Vance says it. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to watch it again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the second one. I don't know. I mean, the. You say I don't know very defensively. Like there's a gun to your head. It's okay if you just, if you want to say pass. I don't know. There's, there's X-Wings. That seems lame. There are X-Wings. 
Um, there's an <laughs> ice planet. There's spiders that more reminded me of Harry Potter. Um, I did think one thing that I liked is that the frog, this is not really the most Star Wars-y moment, is that the frog lady was actually much more competent than it, like, made her out to be. Like, she managed to reprogram that droid, and then she managed to shoot that spider off of Baby Yoda's head without shooting Baby Yoda in the face, which I found very impressive. Yeah. So, there you go. That's just another thought. All right. What do you got, Royce? Yeah, no, I think Robin hit the nail on the head for, like, Star Wars moments, like, Banthas doing their, like, like celebrating and running around and being like generally just Bantas? or uh, Tuscan, Raiders? Tuscan Raiders. Like, what the heck are these people? They're just weird. They're weird. They got like what are ro- those two things pointing out of their yeah, face? The robotic-looking face. Like, are they humans? Are they androids? I don't know. They all wear rags. They're wild. <laughs> That is very Star Wars because that's one of the first like creatures you see in Star Wars when you meet Obi-Wan and R2-D2 and Luke and everybody. And like, that's what happens. He's like, the Sand People will be back, but in greater numbers. Them expanding on the Sand People, extra Star Wars moment for sure. Star Wars Plus. <laughs> it's very much Star Wars Plus. Very Star Wars, much galaxy. Uh, and then... <laughs> Episode two, or chapter whatever it is, uh, X-Wings, 100%. Robin, you nailed it. I'm I'm with the right woman. X-Wings <laughs> are are the most iconic, like, Star Wars visual you could possibly have. I love that they were playing, like, uh, like I was going to say marshals, but not marshals. Like, the, you know, the cops of the bunch where you're I'm like, oh, right. man, the Popo, the X-Wings, oh, man. And the Mandalorian knew. He was like, oh, these guys... And they're like, all right, may the force be with you, Mando. Oh, yes, and may the force be with you too, officer. Also with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, he played it exactly like if you got pulled over by an X-Wing state trooper, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So X-Wings and Tusken Raiders. I'm with you, Robin. Lorelai, that's what the non-canon people are looking for. You show them a little bit of the familiar stuff. Not, not the Easter eggs, the big wins. You know what? Sometimes I feel personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that just goes to show that this sh- this show is really it brings us all getting, together. It's, it's cannon really heads, cannon which heads. is what I call us. <laughs> Both of the audiences, like yeah. I'm able to enjoy the show, yep. you're able to enjoy the show. Well, it's dude, really if, threading if, like a very. Thin I mean, if they would there, just so. like send me a. Hogwarts acceptance letter being like, <laughs> for, we chose for you Wars. to write an episode of The Mandalorian. What about you, Is Joey? It my turn now? Yes, Joey. Yeah, I guess I would say without going into probably some pompous and seemingly arrogant thing about the canon that I know about, I really <laughs> just like it's fun to learn about canon. If you're interested, <laughs> go check it out. Um, fun with canon. I would say the. <laughs> Maybe I should start a new podcast called Fun with Canon. Yeah. <laughs> Cannons. <laughs> um, I would for me, the most Star Warsy part of the Marshall was cutting to Boba Fett at the end, looking down on the Mandalorian from the cliff. I mean, just we've seen the actor before as Django Fett in the in Attack of the Clones, and we know that Boba Fett was stuck on Tatooine. It just seems like very a very Star Warsy scene and a very connective scene. 
And then, yeah, we're all on the same page for this second episode. I mean, X-Wings and X-Wing pilots going after the Razor Crest. Uh, that's just very Star Wars. Their little wings go X yeah. when they're, they're also, like, can you switch to channel two? Dude, they they play the sound effect when that happens, right? But, like, he's in the Razor Crest, so I know it's... How it's, does he hear it? Yeah, I know it's a TV show, but, like, he wouldn't <laughs> hear it go, like, yeah. he wouldn't hear it. He'd have to be looking at it. Which Maybe he, was, he hears but. it over their uh, microphones. That's the sound from their cockpit. Maybe he gets channel two. Yeah, you get <laughs> channel two. Um, okay, well, that's cool. We answered, we've answered all of the questions. Wow. Hey, yeah, is this surprise question time? Listen, everyone listening, please continue listening and please like tell your friends to listen. But also, I'm sorry this is so clunky because we're like new old to this. On the topic of speculation, is there going to be any answer this season as to where Baby Yoda came from? Do we see his home world? Does the Mandalorian get any kind of confirmation? Oh, that's what makes sense. Did I already answer this? Okay, come up with your own <laughs> damn surprise question. I will blow up this podcast. You just blew up the Bachelorette. We could do a different question. <laughs> I'll he, answer. Do you think he's dropping another pin? No. The answer is no. I repeat. The answer <laughs> is no. <laughs> uh, I think that... So I also think no, but with the long-winded caveat that I'm <laughs> always likely to give on, on air and probably also in person. Uh, I think he's going to meet Ahsoka Tano, and I think they're going to make lengths to figuring out, like, she's she knows Yoda, and she's going to be like, oh, that's a baby Yoda. And Yoda was one of the most powerful Jedi ever <laughs> created, and he's going to be like, oh, shit. I've been leaving this most... on my motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that would be really they satisfying. Enemies, they were enemies of Mandalore, so is he going to have, like, a conflict? This is getting into not part of the question, but is he going to like have a conflict with taking baby Yoda in because he's part of this extremely powerful force sensitive race. But I think they're going to make strides to getting there, which I guess is the point of the show. Mm. Um, but I don't think they're going to get there this episode. Robin thinks no. I don't think they're going to get to it for several seasons. If ever. I don't, I would agree that there's just no point to reveal it because that would just ruin. Like, do they ever get off the Island? Oh, they got off the island? Well, let's bring them back to the island. Like, yeah. it, it's not going to be any fun to figure out all the answers. But I like where Joey's going, where if he gets, like, a taste, and someone's like, I know another one of these these species. This guy looks like a guy I used to know back in the day. <laughs> and And he gets that answer, but nothing further. And he's like, fuck, I still, I'm, I'm quested. Don't think you understand. I have a quest to bring him back to his kind. And they're like, there's no kind. I think that's even more interesting. Cause like you said, the Mandalorian is the like ultimate father figure to baby Yoda. So he's already like got this, uh, he has to, because of the Mandalorian creed, like do whatever the armorist says, I guess like that's his that's quest. part of the creed. He's got to fulfill that duty. So for him to get an answer, that's like, Oh, I, he belongs to this this race that's really powerful with the Force, the Jedi that are no longer. I can't tell you where they go if it's Sabine or whatever. Uh, 
I think that would be more interesting because the Mandalorian, all he does is take punches and he gets kicked while he's down. He never gets an easy win ever. So that would make a lot of sense for like the season finale. And they're like, yeah, I know Yoda, but like you got to get in the time machine if you want to talk to him because he's dead. He's or I guess he's a ghost. force ghost. Yeah. No, never mind. That would be epic. He shows up as a force ghost at the end of season two, but it cuts right before then. And then you got to go into the next. There you go. Yeah. Well, we solved it. Congratulations, podcast listeners. My goodness, you made it to the end of the episode. Mission accomplished. Achievement unlocked plus respect. That's for you, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas players. Anybody remember San Andreas? I sure do, man. Will you want to, do you want to start talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was San Andreas. I could be wrong. You have like gang territory you got to control. You get like respect. It's awesome. Anyway, thank you for making it to the end of the podcast. Hey, we're on Twitter at Krypton Alderon. No two in the middle. Just Krypton no, Alderon. Not enough room. Not enough room. But hey, if you want to get into some arguments about canon, non-canon, politics, whatever, we cover it all. Just kidding. Only canon. Um. <laughs> also, Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com if you want to get more than 280 characters. Did you know? It's 280, not 140 anymore. I, it's just, I think we should, I think we should just say that it's A-L-D-E-R-A-A-N. Just in case. That's a throwback to eight months ago. There's three A's. Before the dark times. Right. Before the empire. I love it. So reach out is the point. If you made it to the end of the podcast, leave us some feedback. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Twi'liker. Tuscan Raider, wherever <laughs> you're listening to the podcast on, leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. We're always looking to improve, and we know that there's room for improvement in these 95 minutes. Oh, we sure do. <laughs> anyway, for Krypton to Alderaan, I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. I've been Joey. And we've been Krypton, Krypton to Alderaan. Alderaan.